Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstead. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode number 94 of This Week in MTG, your big news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. There's Danny. Hola. No JB tonight. Nope. This is going to be a uh, shorter episode than what we typically do. Uh, life has become hectic and stuff. We were looking for a car. We got started later. JB has life going on. And so just going to pop out an episode for y'all. It's going to be short, sweet, to the point. Just like JB. <laughs> Very short and sweet. He's, he's a kid-sized blizzard from DQ. Anyway. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Let's start off this episode by thanking our amazing Patreon members who decide to support us through giving us money. Uh, the perks of becoming a Patreon member to us, though, is you get put into a monthly drawing for cards and packs. At the $3 tier, you get put in for a drawing for a booster pack. And then at the $10 tier, you get put into a drawing for a typically a commander-style card that's about uh, 15 to $20 in value. So thank you. Big G, Wade97, Chapman, Demus, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Nikki, and we actually did get another uh, patron. I got to do a live lookup on this one because that's on me for forgetting to type that one in. Uh, third string Chapman <laughs> joined the Patreon. Nice. you definitely not third string in our lineup. <laughs> Thank you all so very much. And yeah, if you guys want to join... The Patreon links are in the link tree description down below. Click that link. It'll take you to our link tree. So that way you can jump into the Patreon. If you don't care about that, you can look at our Moxfield account, which has our decks and stuff. But before I div- uh, digress, digress off any further, digressy. No. <laughs> any further, we also got to thank our amazing sponsor, JDubs Sports Cards and Gaming, who this last week let us open up a box of Modern Horizons 2. And oh boy. We got the video up on YouTube. It's a fun watch, I would say. JB and I, we cracked open a set booster box of Modern Horizons 2. We got some good cards. We got four fetch lands. Nice. Uh, one of them is a foil retro f- frame. Nice. And if you watch, you'll see which one it is. <laughs> but it's it's the, it's the good one. It's the good one. The Misty Rainforest. Spoilers. <laughs> That's a week old, bro. Fair. Very fair. Uh, yes, thank you, J-Dubs. Uh, they have all of your magic needs. They are now, if you're in the FM area, they have leagues opening up, and they have Commander Leagues on Thursdays, they have FNM on Fridays, they have Modern League on Saturdays, and Legacy League on Sundays. So go online, check out J-Dubs, sportscardsandgaming.com to be able to look at their schedules there. Thank you, J-Dubs, for sponsoring us. Now, let's give you a breakdown of how this episode is going to go. So, like I said earlier, this is going to be a shorter, sweeter episode. So, we're going to start off by the Mox results. Deck one that I'm a fan of. And it's going to be curious to see how they go. Uh, after that, I'm going to tell you about Chromatic Cube coming up on Arena. Danny's going to take it away with some blogatogs. And then, pretty much the news that we're going to cover today is all about Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. And we're going to cover the finance section super quick. There won't be a deck of the week this week. And at that, after that, you all can go home. The podcast is done. They're already home. The joke continues. 
All right. So to start things off, there will be no salt report this weekend. This weekend. This week. Maybe we'll cover what happened next week and and all that. But salt report over. Moving on to the Mox Season 1 Challenge. Crash Cade. Teamer Crash Cade is what it's called. Wins. And this is, uh, the Mox is modern for this round. First place was taken down by Yuki Ichikawa. Yuki Ichikawa. Running Teamer Crash Cade. I like that name. I like that name. So Crash Cade is the Shardless Agents Crashing Footfalls deck that has violent outbursts and oh wow, fire and ice, force of negations, subtlety, brazen borrower, bone crusher giants, all that jazz. Just cascading into the four four rhinos as fast as possible. And it has three gemstone caverns, so you could potentially do it on turn two. And everybody knows that turn two rhinos is it's kind of backbreaking. So Ichikawa went uh, 3-0 and all the way to the end and beat out a Luris Mardu Death Shadow. And the Death Shadow is running new cards from Modern Horizons 2, Dragon Rage Channeler, Ragavan, Nimble Pilferer. And it is also running... Well, that's it. But yeah, it's a Luris deck, so you're able to cast all these things back from the graveyard when they go down. And yeah, congratulations, Yuki Ichikawa. And in the upcoming events, there is a very special event coming up in Arena. The Chromatic Cube comes to Arena. It's a phantom event. The dates are June 25th, so it's going on now to to July 8th. The format is best of one and traditional best of three. Entry is 4,000 gold or 600 gems. If you get seven wins, you get 6,000 gold, two rare historic individual card rewards, or ICRs. You get an uncommon historic ICR. Six wins gets you 5K, and then two rare ICRs and one uncommon ICR. Five wins gets you 4K, two rares. So you're getting two rares all the way up there. Four wins, or yeah, four wins gets you one rare, 3,000 gold, and two uncommon ICRs, and so on and so forth. It goes in this article. It goes as like what the archetypes that you can expect in this cube. You got white blue tokens, blue black thievery, black red dragons, green red power matters, green white counters, white black legendary, blue red storm, black green death, red white equipment, blue green lands, and then the five color dream. Nice. They got Niv-Mizzet Reborn, Chromatic Ori, Maelstrom, Archangel, and Essica. Uh, full list of the cards are in the link below. Go check that out if you're interested. If you're good at if you're good at Cube, could be worth a shot. But from that, let's pass it over to Danny with the blogatog. Oh, okay. Um, I got a couple this week. I guess the first we'll go is um more of a uh. Anyways, we'll just go into it. Uh, this one comes from Strix Sovin. They, I guess, didn't really ask. They just stated. Uh, it seems like whenever you answer a complaint about how new things change the game's feel, your answer is some form of, quote, don't play that stuff slash power down your deck, end quote. 
I think this is either unawareness or dismissive of the core fantasy of many players of making yourself as strong as you can be without losing the fun. It's hugely counterintuitive to many of us to intentionally nerf our decks. It's also dismissive of people who play with strangers to say, just don't play it because people, someone will. That's kind of an argument with most playgroups, I think. Um, But this is what Mark said in reply. Uh, The point I I keep making is that you, the player, have control over the kind of experience you encounter when playing. If you enjoy min to maxing your deck, go for it. There's nothing wrong with being as competitive as possible if that's what the game's that's what makes the game fun to you. I'm just pointing out that isn't that isn't what the game has to be. If your goal is, is more about enjoying the experience and getting the highest win percentage, raising your variance will most likely increase your chance of doing that. The game is also often more fun for a casual player if each game doesn't always play out the same. Also, some players enjoy the hunt of finding the optimal card for each slot while it stresses others out. I'm trying to empower players to understand what makes the game fun for them and makes decisions that lead to a better playing experience. I'm not dismissing the way you want to play. I'm just pointing out that that, that might not be the way someone else wants to play. Yeah, I agree with this. You know, you got to... We've covered this before of like in your play group and stuff. If like one someone is like starting to overtake like own powerful cards, you just have a conversation and be like, yo, if this is the way you want to go, we're going to have to like power up our decks and that's not necessarily what we want to do. Or it's like, yo, your deck's getting a little too powerful. You want to like make one that's a little dummy down. And yeah, Matt, I get beat all the time because be- all the because time we have to go three versus one. It's not that. It's not three versus one. It's the only way we beat you not true it is it's not true but yes i don't know like every all the powerful cars that they make it's like yeah i think i think the thing is is like the i don't know but they still make i guess the thing i was gonna say is like all the powerful cars that they make they're clearly super powerful but then like they make cards that are more nuanced and in that nuance they're powerful but it doesn't click right away as like yeah. uh an Uro clicks right away. Cause you know, I'm still standing on the electro do- or the electro dominance train. Like every red deck needs to be running that and stuff. That's a powerful card. Instant speed cast anything for an additional red, red. It's like, yes, yes, please. Yeah. But I digress on that one as well. I don't know. It, it, it's a variance thing. Playing with people, you definitely got to talk to them about it. Yep. This is like a daily conversation I have with Keegan at work. Build tier six decks and just have fun. Right? Go for the an EDH. Like, I get it. Competitive EDH is definitely a thing. Competitive magic is a, is a thing. You got modern. Modern is pretty competitive. Yep. But you can also have like fun, janky modern. Like you got like Saffron. Yeah. I was telling him that it's like I'm just I'm a tier six player. That's all I am. Like, yeah, I, I have some combos that are stupid, but I'm a tier six player. My, as JV would say, he's a jank player. Well, I sort of am the same way. Like, obviously, my monitor deck can hit 12 for a one drop, but that doesn't happen very often because yeah. it's so far and few in between. But anyway, uh, getting off that topic, we'll go to this next blog of talk. This one's from Regina Castine. 
Um, they asked, is there an example of a mechanic that you wanted to make but couldn't because of the word count issues? Or one that you had to sit on for a while until someone came up with a more concise template? Mark replies back, Mind Slaver was designed for Tempest, the original Walrath's helm, but the template to make it didn't happen until the original um, Raiden. Mirrodin. Mirrodin. Yep. Sorry, words are hard for me, guys. No, you're good. You're good. Interesting. What is Mind Slayer? Mind Slaver is I the... I should have looked this up, but I didn't. Mind Slaver is the artifact that you tap it, you pay six, sack it, gain control of target player's turn. Ah. Mind... Typical blue card. Yep, four, tap, sack it. You control target player during that player's next turn. So back in Tempest is when they wanted to make this, from what it sounds like, but they didn't have the right wording available to them. They they didn't figure out the appropriate way to word it. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So a little bit of tidbit information would be nice to hear. I'd be down for that. Rather than us complaining about shit. I don't know. I like Mind Slaver. That's a that's a piece that's seen in Mono Blue Tron specific or primarily. You don't see it in like Green Tron or Eldrazi Tron in modern. But interesting. Mm-hmm. Some good choices. Yeah, I try. Occasionally. Alright. Cruising right along. Oh my gosh, what are we at? Danny, we're at fifteen minutes. Good. We're doing so good. Now this is probably where we're going to be uh, eating up a lot of our time because uh, the new a new mechanic was re- released revealed to us this weekend for the upcoming Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. The new mechanic is dungeons. Dun dun dun. Uh, according to the article from Magic.Wizards.com, dungeons are a major part of the D and D experience, and they're a big part of Adventures in the Forgotten Realm experience as well. Dungeon is a brand new card type. There are three dungeons in this set, including Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Three may be familiar to longtime D&D adventurers. All right, so the first one, we know this one. Lost Minds of Fandelver. Um, they look, okay, so I guess before we read the cards, I guess the best is to describe them. Since this is a, a podcast form, they, they're like, if you've seen a D&D map where you know there's grid a grid and then there's walls and stuff it it looks like that and then there's multiple different rooms and arrows pointing down you start like you start at the top and you move down and stuff uh well door one door two yeah so read the article and then i guess we'll go into it a little more from there so dungeons don't go in your deck rather they start outside the game and end up in the command zone for a while more on that later in games held under tournament conditions, cards from, quote-unquote, cards from outside the game, end quote, mean cards from your sideboard. But dungeons work a little, little differently. Dungeons don't take up sideboard slots. You always have access to all three dungeons, and you'll never need more than one of the same one. If you're playing with dungeons, just keep them on your sideboard until you need them. The way you bring dungeons into the game is a new keyword action, venture in venture into the dungeon. Several traditional magic cards, the ones that do go into your deck, will instruct you to venture into a dungeon. This could be the effect of a spell, an activated ability, or a triggered ability as seen here on Shortcut Seeker. So Shortcut Seeker is blue 3 for a 2-5 human rogue that reads... 
when Shortcut Seeker deals combat damage to a player, venture into the dungeon. So you enter the first room or advance to the next room. The article goes on stating, if you venture into a dungeon while you don't have any dungeons in the command zone, meaning you're not in a dungeon, it's your time to start your journey. Put the dungeon of your choice into the command zone and put a venture marker on the first room at the top. Your venture marker is a way for you to track which room you're in, just like a mini tells you where you are in a D&D map. Each player has their own dungeons all to themselves. There are no cards as of this set, the future is long, that allow other players to interfere with your dungeon or your venture marker. Every time you enter a room, including the first room, its room ability triggers. These abilities are read. When you enter this room, the effect printed in the room happens. So, for example, when you enter the yawning portal, you gain one life. Note that while all the rooms have individual names, those names are for flavor and don't affect the gameplay. Now that you're in a dungeon, the next time you venture into the dungeon, you'll move to the next room. You can't start a new dungeon until you complete the one you're in. When moving to the next room, follow the arrows down the card. For example, uh, before we continue, this might be one if you're if you're listening along, look at a card and it'll make a little more sense. We'll kind of give like a dummy down version maybe at the end like a tldr <laughs> that'll make it a little more sense hopefully from from us grasping so uh for example from the dungeon level you can choose to move to the goblin bazaar or the twisted caverns but not both you can never move backwards so up the card in a dungeon backwards is a direction for cowards you're no coward and you'll block any warrior who says otherwise if you survive long enough, you'll reach the final room. After the room ability resolves or otherwise leaves the stack, the dungeon is removed from the game. Removing it from the game results in you completing the dungeon. In some uncommon cases, you might venture into the dungeon in response to the final room ability. If that ever happens, you complete the dungeon you're in without waiting for the last room ability to leave the stack and when you start the next dungeon. Uh, the dungeon's first room ability will resolve before the previous dungeon's last room ability. Yay, stacks. Uh, so, completing the dungeons has two significant benefits. The first one are cards that care about this. New card that was revealed is Gloom Stalker that cares if you completed a dungeon. Gloom Stalker is white 2 for a 2-3 dwarf ranger. As long as you've completed a dungeon, Gloom Stalker has double strike. This is a note that says Gloom Stalker doesn't have to be under your control as you complete the dungeon. It just shows up, takes one look at you, knows that you've completed a dungeon, and gives itself double strike. <laughs> game recognizes game. That's what it says in the article. Not me. It's the article that says that. Uh, second, now that you are not in a dungeon, you're free to start a new one. The next time you venture into the dungeon, you may choose the very same dungeon that you were just in, or you can head into a new one. Want another dance with a mind mage? Want or think the Tomb of the Annihilation is more your liking, want to concede and head to the tavern, you write the story. Okay, so the biggest TLDR, I think, of dungeons that can probably help people wrap their mind around it a little better is it's a saga with conditions. <laughs> like, sagas trigger on your uh, main, beginning of your main phase where you put the chapter counter on them uh, and, and you progress in chapter two to chapter three. And dungeons 
uh, you activate an ability that says you venture into the dungeon, and that's when you move the counter, and you kind of choose your path and do the abilities. It's it's saga with choices. Right. Right. And it doesn't, like, continuously move. Like, you can stay in one spot. So, Danny, what do you think of the fact that you just get, you can have three dungeons in all your decks now? Like, if you have cards that venture into the dungeon. Like, we, we there's not many venture into the dungeon cards that have been revealed. We're going to talk about the upcoming preview season. That's, I think it's going to be like a week and a half before things start coming out. It's actually started. Yeah, today we had a couple. Or tomorrow Yester- was like... Yesterday we had a couple. Y- yesterday we had a couple, but I think today was supposed to be the official start. Or is it tomorrow? The 24th was the start. Okay, there we go. There we go on me... <laughs> misunderstood yeah i was looking at the schedule i think it was the 24th that was the start was the official start of the season okay we're officially in spoiler season yeah because these guys when did um check let me pull up mythic spoiler real quick well let's see the the dungeons came out on the 24th yeah so the 24th was the official start of of the spoiler season perfect because it came yeah also with that um they came out with the three different lands for each basic land type. Oh, I missed so those. Three arts. Oh, are these the um with the the flavor text lands? Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, I did see those then. Yep, yep, yep. Never mind. So yeah, you but, get. So yeah, I don't know if you want to go over spo- that what spoilers we have, or if you want to do that next week. Uh yeah, we'll cover we'll cover the 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 main spoilers next week because this is this is a. Uh, Fast Adam episode here. That's what you say. Giggity. But yeah, three uh, th- three dungeons. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going to be... I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how often people are actually running them. Right. Because just looking over them and like, hey, yeah, they're good, but they're not the greatest. If you get like so, so another card that was spoiled is Nadar Selfless Paladin. It's white two three three, legendary creature Dragon Knights. It has vigilance, and when it enters the battlefield or attacks, you venture, and then other creatures you control get plus one plus one as long as you've completed a dungeon. So this is ETBs. You you venture into a dungeon, or when it attacks, you venture into a dungeon, and it's I think it comes down to is if there's good venture mechanics like good venture cards that will make this worthwhile right i think in stand for sure in standard there are going to be dungeon decks oh yeah without a doubt most likely historic will probably uh historic will definitely be seeing some form of dungeon decks when they come around but it's like the far-reaching modern i don't know like legacy and commander are actually probably going to be good for dungeon decks because we're also going to be getting commander decks for this and i can't imagine that they're not going to have a specific dungeon for commander and stuff speaking of that yeah that's what i call a segue uh we have good morning magic gives adventures in the forgotten realms commander sneak peek as of today yeah so looks like we're getting what five decks four decks four decks so first up we have a red green deck that's me called dracic um, Rage Dr- Draconic Draconic whatever Rage is headlined by Vrondis Rage of Ancients Vrondis is a barbarian 
of the party and will be previewed by Loading Ready Run on July 2nd. The art is pretty sweet. It's a fucking dragonborn that is swole holding a bearded axe. Yep. He does not look like someone to be trifled with. Nope. Next up, we have a red-black planar portal deck featuring Prosper Tombbound. Prosper is a warlock of the group. Uh, MTG Goldfish will preview this deck on July 2nd. Check out the art for Prosper by Yi Choi, I think. Also, Vrondis is arched by Svetlin Vilon or Viloy. I can't. I can't help you on that one. I don't know. N- names are hard. Uh, draconic is easy. Sure. <laughs> and uh, next we have white, blue, black dungeons of death. There we go. Dungeons deck. Uh, showcases showcases Sephiroth of the Hidden Ways. Sephiroth is a wizard of the party and will be. Previewed by MTG Mudstan on July 2nd. Check out the art by Ryan Podcoast. And lastly, we have a blue-white-green aura of the Courage deck. Headlined by uh, Gale Kindler of Hope. Gale is a paladin of the group. Gale can be preview- is will be previewed by the Command Zone on July 2nd. Um, the art is by Jonah, uh, Johannes Voss. So yeah, the article will be posted below. Check out the four new arts. So there's going to be a new Boggle style deck. Blue, white, green, auras. Yeah. 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 It's Voltron. <laughs> JB would be happy. So talking about where to find those previews now. God, these segues just pew, pew, pew. Right? Uh, there is the list of where to find the Adventure in the Forgotten Realms previews. So, as Danny just mentioned, Gavin Verhey mentioned of a bunch of stuff for the Commander products coming out July 2nd. We had, yeah, official season started on the 24th. Today, tomorrow is the 29th where we get a big swath of more people previewing cards. It's a lot of cards coming it's out in one a day. lot of cards in the next few days. Yeah. You got things like Croquis, Daily MTG, Dragon Plus, uh, Gabby Sparts, Geek Culture, the Goblin Lore Podcast, Good Morning Magic, is going to have a special episode tomorrow, I guess. IGN, uh, they're going to be dropping all this stuff. Then June 30th, a list of a bunch of other people. Corey has a de- card he's releasing on oh, the 30th. Look at that, Corey Baumeister. Shout out. Um, North Dakota native. Whoop, whoop. Titan Smash MTG. They get one. That's awesome. We follow them on uh, Twitter. The Play EDH Discord is going to have one on, on Wednesday. Cassius Marsh is going to be Thursday. Daily MTG. Uh, more Good Morning Magic. Magic Noobs. Mossy Beard. <laughs> Don't know who that is. And then the Wizards fan email will be getting one. So keep an eye out on your emails. July 2nd, where all the Commander stuff is coming. So we mentioned those Commander ones. So you got Amazonian as well. GameSpot, Good Luck High Five, The Asian Avenger, Marshall Sutcliffe, the Magic TCG subreddit, and Tokyo MTG. And they're just packing all this stuff. So a full list if you want to see if your content creator is getting a preview card. Links down below. Well, that's the news that we got for you guys right now. So yeah, this is a super fast shotgun firing episode here. 
So from there, let's move to the finance section. Cha-ching! Where we read an amazing article off of mtgstocks.com called The Weekly Winners. They give us three to five cards that move up in price that they want us to be paying attention to, and then three to five cards that move down in price that they want us to also pay attention to. First one. I did not know about this card moving up in price until I saw on a MTG Facebook buy-sell page a guy was selling a playset of these for like 200 bucks, I think. Dang. A foil playset. So this card is Ashes of the Fallen. It's two colorless artifact. When it Ashes of the Fallen ETPs, choose a creature type. Each creature card in your graveyard has the chosen creature type in addition to its other types. This is out from Saviors of Kamigawa. It is the only prince of it. It has jumped up 309%, chilling at around $7.20. But uh, this was on Friday. Prices have moved down a little bit. Average price on this thing is people are still specking on it. So the average price is, if the average price is higher, people are specking on it. The the, the market isn't fully clear on the uh, final price of what it should be. But uh, average price is some people are selling for like 13 bucks online. So the foils, though, the foils are $57 right now. And foils from a set that have only that has only been printed once kind of demands that kind of a price. So yeah. and this is one of those cards. It was in it was in your bulk bin for like the longest time. It was sub a dollar. Uh, and now you're probably wondering what's causing this card, Ashes of the Fallen, to move up in price. Well, we got a reprint of Patriarch's Bidding in Modern Horizons 2. Black Black 3, Sorcery, each player chooses a creature type. Each player returns all creature cards of the chosen type this way from their graveyard to the battlefield. So you have Ashes of the Fallen out, you choose any creature type, and then you cast Patriarch's Bidding next turn, and you get to return all your creatures from your graveyard to the battlefield for 5 mana. Uh, typically, you're going to be... Uh, Benefiting, benefiting from that more than your opponents will. And yeah. Next up in the weekly winners, we have Acorn Catapult. Two printings of this. Uh, the one that we're talking about today is the commander printing. Acorn Catapult is four colorless artifact. You pay one tap. Acorn Catapult deals one damage to target creature or player. That creature's controller or that player puts a 1-1 green squirrel creature token onto the battlefield. This card jumped up 217%, now chilling at $20.97. But as of today, you can still get them for around $8. The average price is around $20 still, so people are trying to push it up there. Uh, this has had one printing, or th- th- another printing, so the Commander product, original Commander product is when it first came out, and the reprint is from the list uh, I'm going to guess the Modern Horizons 2 list, so Modern Horizons 2 set lists. I I, I don't know the set, the, the I, list I list. I assume so, because it's Squirrel. Right, right. So, that that makes the most sense. Yeah, I, I would have to guess it's Modern Horizons 2, because it wasn't Commander Legends list. Yeah. Uh, I will try to remember to put a link specifically giving the Modern Horizons 2 set list the list list good but this has moved up in price because of modern horizons 2 because chatterfang squirrel general 
being a commander, and Squirrel Tribal is super hype right now. We've talked about multiple cards moving up in price. Hermit of the Deep Woods, Deep Forests, or whatever, a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, and like Squirrel Mob and stuff like that. They're all moving up in price. Commander and Squirrels. Yep. Gotta go love the Squirrels. Next card on the list is we have Meltdown from Urza's Saga. Red X Sorcery. Destroy each artifact with total CMC X or less. This has jumped up 196%, now chilling at $6.67. But you can find them for a market price of around $4.50. Average price is around $7. So yeah, be expecting to pay anywhere from like $4 to $7 on this card. It's only been printed once. They're... Urza Saga, I thought Urza Saga had foils. It must have been the other, another one in the Urza's set that had foils. But Urza Saga has no foils. It's the only printing of Meltdown. And Meltdown is moving up in price due to, surprise, surprise, Modern Horizons 2 card. But not for commander reasons, but for legacy reasons. Uh, legacy Affinity is running rampant, and some sideboard tech is needed to deal with these decks. Meltdown is one of the better mass artifact destructions, and thus it is no surprise that this is the chosen solution along with Null Rod. Uh, Null Rod is two colorless artifacts. Players cannot play an art- any artifact abilities requiring an activation cost. If I'm not mistaken, this is on the reserve list. Yes, it is a reserve list card. Market price for a null rod is $175 fucking dollars. Oh my god. Gotta love the reserve list. Dude, I remember when I was looking at this card way back in the day. It had to have been around Zendikar time, I think, because it was like 10 or 20 bucks. And I'm like, I should pick up this card. Man, don't you just hate those moments where you think? Yep. So many times. You know what? I'm glad I picked my card up when I picked it up. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you are. So also with this, there is a legacy delver list that is in the weekly winners article here if you're interested in it take a look it's kind of a pricey deck for thirty five hundred dollars it's a legacy deck yeah it's like what do you expect and it's really hard to say like where you would be trying to cut money but land regavan would probably move down land well yeah i mean you yeah you can nug you can nug some of the lands to maybe like Shocklands, but you're losing a lot of value. Well, yeah, oh you God. are. There's only, it's only Volcanic Island is the only OG duel. Yeah, yeah. OG so you duel. could you could easily tr- trade him out. Yeah, save a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, just get a, get a Shockland. Next up on the list is we have Mishra's Bobble. For zero artifact, you tap Sack Mishra's Bobble, look at the top card of target player's library, draw a card at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. This has had multiple printings, and all of these printings are moving up. Double Masters is the one we're looking at that has jumped up to about $20. You can find them online for 18 at the lowest if you're lucky. Foil Double Masters are 22 but all of the Mishra's Bobbles from Double Masters, Iconic Masters... And then the Mystery Booster cards. So this is in the Mystery Booster product. And Cold Snap, the true winner of moving up in price, especially the foil. So foil, Cold Snap, Mishra's Bobbles are $140 right now. I'm so glad when I got I'm so glad when I got my Mishra's Bobbles for like ten bucks. No, not even ten. Two dollars. Because I picked up I picked up my double masters for like two dollars, two bucks. And now they're twenty. It got me thinking, maybe I should just 
give in to the hype. Do I need them that bad? But uh, this is moving up in price because a lot of modern decks are running this. Uh, Mishra's Bobble pairs very nicely with Luris. It is a it pairs very well with Urza's Saga as well. New modern powerhouse card, I would say. And so, yeah, more decks are running this. The demand is higher, and I'm just really surprised that Double Masters is is, is twenty bucks. It's a twenty dollar uncommon. So I'm uh looking at just because I'm me, and because I like money. Just looked up Mox Diamond. Oh, has it moved up more? It's at nine hundred dollars right now. The last time you told us it was at seven, right? I think it was like six hundred. It was six hundred something. Holy shit! Yeah, it's uh, it peaked at uh fifty one hundred dollars. Magic people are fucking crazy. It's April twenty second. It's a reserve list card, right? And it's one of and it's the only foil that you can get from Mox Diamond, right? Because of the, they made that before the they closed the the loophole reserve list yep. loophole. Yep, yep. So yeah, um, dude, you're gonna be like, your kids are gonna be taken very well care of. I don't think so. You don't, don't think so? I don't know. It's not catching that kind of price. How everything's moving, reserve list cards are just moving up, and Mox Diamond is one of those cards that will never go down in value. You'll oh yeah, able, I, I know that. You'll be that's, able to send one that, kid to that's, school. That's why I was fine. Investing that four hundred dollar, four hundred twenty five dollars into the whole, whole box. It's like, yeah, no, no problem. That's not going to ever change price. Nope. But and you still got the memory jar in there, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, dude. Memory jar is more is is a lot of money too. We're doing a quick live search of this one just for Danny's sake. I could have looked at it too. I don't think it's that much though. Memory jar. It is. So just the normal. Urza's Legacy. Okay, so Urza's Legacy was the other Urza set that had the foil. So foils Urza's Legacy are nine fifty, but market price on a non foil is ninety seven. And from the vaults is a hundred and nine dollars. Was it really? Yeah, that thing jumped up. It's on the reserve list as well. I don't know if you realized that. When I first started looking at the pricing, it was like super low. Yeah, like what twenty bucks when you were probably looking. Yeah, yeah, it's a hundred dollars. Holy damn! Yeah, dude. I should just get all of them freaking scored. Let's see. You had sort of body and mind in there. That yeah. that, that one's not that, that one's like that was like a dollar. Right, because it's it's not reserveless. What it was that those were the only two reserveless cards. Let me, there, let me pull up the list. Yeah, pull up the list. And while you're pulling up the list, I'll at least read this next card. This is winner number five, Drolf's Messenger. For black, 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 you get a 3-2 zombie, Drolf's Messenger, ETBs tapped. When it ETBs, target opponent loses two life, and it has undying. So when this creature dies, if it had no plus one counters on it, return it to the battlefield under your control with a plus one counter on it. It jumped up 168%. It is now $35. It's only had one printing from Dark Ascension. Market price is around twenty-six dollars. Uh, average price is twenty-eight. Foils are fifty-four dollars on this bad boy. Drelf's Messenger is moving up in price because of the Yagma Thran Physician Golgari deck in Modern. Uh, it combos very well. When you have two creatures with Undying on the battlefield and a Yagmoth, you can create a little combo. And for the sake of argument, let's say you have a Drelf's Messenger, and the other Undying creature is a strangle root guys so step one activate yagmoth's ability without targeting 
without a target and sacrifice Jarolf's Messenger, which returns it as a 4-3 and you draw a card. Jarolf's uh, Messenger ETBs, target opponent loses two life. Activate Yagmoth's ability, target the Jarolf's Messenger, sack the Strangle Root Geist, which returns it as a 3-3, remove the plus one plus one counter from Jarolf's Messenger and draw a card. Activate Yagmoth's ability, targeting the Strangle Root, sacrifice the Jarolf's Messenger, remove the plus one counter from Strangle Root, then return Jarolf's Messenger to the battlefield and draw a card. Rinse and repeat steps two and three. Also note that every time that Jarolf's Messenger ETPs, you can have target opponent lose two life. There is a list for this as well. This is a very powerful deck, and surprisingly didn't need too many cards at all from Modern Horizons 2 to help this deck like take off. It got four Ignoble Hierarchs and two Grist the Hunger Tide and one Yavimaya Cradle of Growth. Eight, uh, Seven cards total from Modern Horizons 2. But that are those are the weekly winners for this week. Danny, tell us about these cheap pickups. I have to get back. Don't worry, Danny. One of these times, I will put a big TV right up here, like what Rob's got. No, I just have to go back because I was visiting myself. Oh, you're looking at your cards? It's like, yes. Yep, basically. I I am fucking stonks rich right now. Not really. I'm so broke as fuck. You have a lot in your asset class. I have one card. (laughs) <laughs> one card <laughs> and thousands of cards are worth maybe a penny that memory jar is not worth a penny well anyway <laughs> uh for those who want to buy those cheap cards um first up we have uh tyvar ken or kel uh green green two legendary planeswalker elves you control have tap add black he's uh all right golgari planeswalker is plus ones. I'll put a 1-1 one, one counter on up to one target elf on tap it. It gains death touch at all in turn. It's zero cost. Create a 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature token. And Nig 6, you can emblem with whenever you cast an elf spell, it gains haste until in turn, and you draw two cards. It'd be great for modern green, but it can be because of the freaking ability of tapping for black. I mean, you got, like, Jund elves. Yeah, in uh, commander that you can do, which would be fine. Mono green. I wanted this in my mono green until I saw it black. So dang it, perfect. But uh, it's currently sitting, like I said, at six sixty five. Um, it's trending down. I guess looks like it's slowly bottoming out. Who knows? Uh, next up we have Imperial Recruiter, currently sitting at fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents, trending down. It is a red two human advisor. When Imperial Recruiter enters the battlefield, search library for a creature card with power two or less. Reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. It's a one one creature. This guy's dropped pretty hard, it looks like. Over the last what two weeks, it's gone from just under thirty bucks to just now at fifteen bucks. It's probably dropped thirteen dollars in the last two weeks. Right. Uh, Imperial Recruiter was one of those cards when it got reprinted in Masters 25. It was like 50 bucks. Yep. And then it was danced dance around there for a long time. And yeah, if, if you need your Imperial Recruiters, now seems to be like a pretty good time to jump in on this. Right. Next up, we have Glenn, the Voice of Calm. $6, slowly trending down. Glenn's from the Secret Lair Walking Dead edition. It's Blue, white, one, human advisor with the ability of Skulk. 
Uh, this creature can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. Whenever Glenn deals combat damage to a player, draw cards equal to his power. He is a 1-3. So yeah, it looks like he's been trending on slowly, sitting around that $6, 6 $7 range for a while. If you're looking for him, probably he's probably going to get below 5 bucks pretty soon. Might be a couple months, because he's been sitting at that 6 to $7 range for the last few months. But yeah, that's our uh, weekly cheap pickups. If you want to find these guys any lower, uh, use TCG Sniper to set your price at whatever range you want. You get notifications when your card of your choice meets your range, both if you're selling or buying. It's a super useful tool if you are very uh, price conscious about cards. Like if you do want a Imperial Recruiter, if it drops down to ten dollars. Enter that in, get notified. It's worth a shot. Right now, uh, it's a, it's a free it's a free service. You can sign up, get an account, and you get five cards that you can enter in at a time. But if you go over there and mention that the guys over at this weekend MTG sent you, you will get three months free of their plus program, where it is you get fifty cards that you can enter in and stuff. So for the more astute financial, whatever. But it's worth checking out. You get three months free just for that. If you don't like it, you can end it and go back to the free version. But I think it's still worth a shot. Just give it a try. Now, as we said earlier, there will be no deck of the week because we are making this a short episode. And surprisingly, by the time this is all said and done, we'll be about 45 minutes. That's definitely the fastest we've done. Yeah, I think in a long time. I even think like our first ones were... Over an hour. Were they? I thought we I thought we had them under, like we tried to get them at a 45-minute mark knows? back in the beginning. Anyways, thank you all, Legendary Magic Foe, for making it to the end of this short episode of This Week in MTG. You can listen to the podcast over where better podcasts are found, like Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play. You can also watch the podcast live on YouTube and on Twitch. Subscribe to those platforms so you can get notified when we go live or when a new episode is dropped. You can find us all over the internet, and to help that, uh, and to help that, to help where to find us. There we go. To help where to find us, you can go to this nice, tidy little link. Uh, we have a Linktree account, so the link to that is linktr.ee/slash this week in MTG. Over on our link tree, it's the links to our Patreon, to our Discord, to our Twitter, our Facebook, our Moxfield, all that stuff. And also on there is a link to our giveaway that we're doing. I don't know why I'm holding this up. We're not live on Twitch. I'm just used to that. We have a giveaway going Couldn't on right tell now. You why. Where you can enter in for a chance to win our Modern Horizons 2 pre release pack. All sealed up, all nice, ready to get shipped out to one lucky winner. Go enter in for your chance to win. All you have to do is, well, when you enter in, is just like like us everywhere. <laughs> Share this. And there's also a special entry that gets you bonus entries if you email us the secret word that was said during the Modern Horizons 2 box opening last week. So go to that video, watch it, listen for the secret word. And, and, and tell me what it was, but I have no idea. <laughs> yes. Uh, Patreon, yes. Oh, See, this is the unfortunate thing as well. I was going to say, Danny, hold up the playmat there. But we're going to be having playmats. We just got our mock playmat sent in. And Danny, how does it look? Did, did we do a good job? It's all right. It's all right. Wow. It takes a lot 
to it. It's, it's, it's not stitch, uh, uh, stitch border, but it's all right. We can get the stitch border too, if that's if that's something that's needed. I guess I never, I guess it's never something that I necessarily thought of doing. Like, it's a fine thing to choose. Maybe we'll get like half, half stitched, half not. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully you're talking like the order, not like a match half stitched and half not. And you mean the two options? Yes, okay. two options. Just making sure. But I think that's enough for uh, this episode. Yes. We'll let the people listening to us fall asleep and have some weird dreams of their own. Perfect. Uh, make sure to send love over to JW Sports Cards and Gaming for yep. sponsoring us. Uh, again, sign up for the Patreon. We're going to have playmats and stuff for sales shortly. We're going to do a giveaway. we still got the giveaway going on. It's going till July 5th. Yes. July 5th. One week. Share this. I'll be posting on social media too. Yep, yep. Questions, comments, concerns, Danny? Absolutely none. We'll catch you, magic folk, later. See ya.